So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. My guest this evening is a regular Forbes columnist. He's a best-selling author with How to Close a Deal like Warren Buffett. I just love that title. He's an absolute baseball nut, big fan of the Dodgers and many others. Uh, and he's CEO of Indie Books International and a Vistage speaker. Henry Devries, welcome to the show. Tony, it's so great to be here and to share some ideas on how people can attract high-paying clients. Fantastic. So I always like to find out a little bit about your background. Obviously, I've done a bit of research um, to obviously find you, and I've read a lot of your great columns in Forbes. But tell me about how the journey for sales started for you. Well, it goes back to uh, over 10 years ago when my business coach uh, said, what's your exit strategy? I was running an advertising and public relations agency. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, I've got my exit strategy. Uh, I am going to help consultants attract high paying clients because they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run my agency for 10 years, build it up, and then in a decade, sell it to a strategic buyer. And then I'm going to help consultants. And Gary Hawk, my business coach said, well, can I ask you a couple of questions? I said, sure. And he goes, well, the first one is you sound very passionate. I said, I am. Mm. He said, well, why are you waiting 10 years to follow your passion? Mm. And that was a, a gut check question. Uh, I hate it when uh, people like you, Tony, ask clients those gut check questions. Yeah. So I did what your clients do to you. Yeah. I lied. Yeah. I, I lied to yeah. Gary. I, 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 well, I didn't know it was a lie at the time. Yeah. I said, well, Gary, you know, I have these contracts and these employees and uh, this lease and, and the mortgage and, um, you know, there's a wolf at my door. I have to get past yeah. a wolf at the door every day. Yeah. So um, he said, I get it. I get it. Wolf at the door. Well, how would you get started in a little way? And I said, well, I would put on a small scale seminar. So that's what I did. I spent the last $2,000 in my bank account. Mm. I bought invitations and postage and my invitations were in the mail the week of September 11th, 2001. So when the jets wow. hit the towers, my invitations were in the post. Wow. And uh, we all know what happened to business, certainly in the United States, yeah. five of the top 10 advertising and PR firms in San Diego, where I was, they went bankrupt Jeez. and we almost went bankrupt. But a funny thing happened um, at the end of the month, my conference room was filled with consultants who wanted their free turkey sandwich and to yeah. know uh, what I had to say. And yeah. the extent of my intellectual property at the time was one sheet of paper. It had 29 bullet points. Point number 15 was write a book. So I poured my heart out and I told these people what they should do. And then I mm. made the mistake, Tony, of saying, mm. are there any questions? Yeah. And somebody raised their hands. They go, yes, yes, I have a question. How much would you charge to coach us to do this? Mm. Well, my business coach, Gary Hawk, never asked me that question. I had no business model. Yeah. So I, I PFA'd, I pulled from air and yeah. I said $5,000. And the person said, oh, a credit card or check? Yeah. And the next month I said six, then seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. The price I quoted didn't matter. It was the size of the firm and yeah. how much of the heavy lifting I was willing to do. Yeah. Eventually, the heavy lifting turned into writing the books for them. Uh, and then that was over 300 business books ago. Wow. Um, I found a home for the employees, for the clients, changed everything around. Um, six years ago, I decided that 
These people also needed help publishing the book. Yeah. And then I say the publishing the book is the starting line, not the finish line. So I teach them how to get speaking engagements, how to get on podcasts like yours. I yeah. teach them how to get uh, published in places like Forbes. If I don't publish them, I have a lot of contacts and yeah. uh, they publish them. And they, if they do what I teach them, they can get an ROI of 400 to 2,000% from wow. marketing effort. Wow. So how many consultants have you now worked with in, your, in, in the decade? Uh, in the decade, over 300. Wow. And which, which one's been your biggest success story, would you say? And, and what, what were the lessons that came from that? Sure. Well, um, I'll, I'll never forget the day I got the call from Bill Woodich. And Bill Woodich was talking to me and um, Bill realized I didn't know who he was, that he was yeah. a big deal, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bill said, Henry, I realize you don't know who I am, yeah. but I know the four magic words in the English language. Mm. And I said, Bill, what are those words? And he said, I know a guy. Yeah. He said, I know a guy. I've been asking around for something that I want. And people say, I know a guy, mm. Henry DeVries. Mm. I said, well, Bill, that's a lot of pressure. What is this thing that you want? Mm. He says, I want to be a best-selling author and a professional speaker. Mm. I said, wow, you want to climb a mountain. But Bill convinced me to uh, spend half a day with him. He, he paid me $1,000. That was yeah. convincing. So yeah. I went up and talked to him. And I found out Bill was 58 years old and at a crossroads. Mm. Bill uh, was the president and owner of the Woodage Companies, which is a construction insurance company. They insure a lot of the big construction projects with all the cranes and all that. Okay. That's Bill. Okay. Um, and he had a hundred employees and the, his employees loved him. Uh, they said, when we came here, if we didn't know anything, he taught us how to be problem solvers. We went from making nothing to a hundred thousand, mm. but here's the kicker. If we didn't have the right clothes to wear when we started, Bill went out and bought us the right clothes. Brilliant. And Bill said, it has been great. Um, he said, uh, I love motivating these a hundred people. I love millennials. I yeah. can teach them how to sell. He says, but, I didn't get what I wanted in life. And I said, well, what did you not get? He says, well, I never found her. I said, uh-huh. He goes, I looked for her for decades. I never found her. Mm. I never found the right woman. Mm. And in fact, as he became wealthy, it became harder to find the right woman because there were a lot of women, but he didn't know if they were in love with the money or yeah. him. So he said, so I poured all my energy into the company and I made this my family but I'm 58 and it's great motivating a hundred people. What I want to do is motivate 10,000 people at a time. Yeah. I said, Oh my gosh, Bill, you, you want to climb, not a mountain. You want to climb Mount Everest, yeah. but there was something Tony in his passion that, that made me say, okay, if you want to climb Mount Everest, I'm your Sherpa. Let's go. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it wasn't easy. Uh, Bill gave me 90,000 words. He wrote, he was yeah. a, a blogger. And it about broke his heart when I said, not these words, or at least not two thirds of them, save them for something else. Yeah. And then I got him a speaking engagement at a Fortune 500 company, Qualcomm, big company. Mm. There were 100 C-level executives in the audience. Mm. And afterwards, one came to me and said, Henry, Bill is passionate. Mm. Bill is dynamic. 
I have no idea what Bill is talking about. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so he had to focus his message. Uh, yeah. I told him his, what his book was about, Always Fear. Uh, he knew how to, that's his motto. It's about overcoming fear. He taught those hundred people how to overcome fear. Mm. The fear of picking up the phone or sending mm. the email. Uh, mm. The fear of actually contacting people. Mm. Uh, he got him over that fear. Well, we got print interviews for him. We got radio interviews. We got local television. Then our big break came. Uh, a national television show, the Steve Harvey show. Yeah. And he, he wasn't a, a, a panelist or just somebody there. 45 minutes of the show dedicated to Bill working with Steve's audience members to get past their fears. Mm. Uh, Steve Harvey liked him so much. He made him a regular guest. He wow. had three appearances. Um, and no, 10,000 people were not in the studio audience that day. Yeah. Two million people were in the television audience that day. Yeah. Two million people heard him. Bill graduated to uh, his next book. He took those words I told him to save and turned them into a bestseller from McGraw-Hill, a big uh, top five New York publisher. He has his own radio show on Sirius uh, Radio now. Wow. And he, he speaks for $15,000 a speech right. to groups of 500 and 1,000, and he helps get people in business development and sales past their fear. Wow. I took him out to a dinner um, and no, not McDonald's or something like that. I, I, I'm a Dutchman. I'm cheap, but I took him to the same steak restaurant he took me to. And yeah. I told him, I said, Bill, you proved it to me. You were willing to climb the mountain and he got all choked up. Mm. And he said, those were the words I wanted to hear most of all. Amazing. Now I have a postscript to the story. Mm. He found her. Oh, I love He's that. He's found the right woman. I yeah, love He that. just sent me some photos today. Oh, and she loves beautiful. baseball like, like Bill and I do. So it's, it's, uh, she's beautiful too. But uh, so she's yeah. the whole package. Smart, funny, intelligent, and likes baseball. Oh, uh, sounds, so there you go. Sounds the dream. Oh, what a wonderful story. What's Bill's book called? Always Forward. That was a motto he had. Uh, it was given to him by a mentor early in his life. And it's just like every day you just have to move always forward. Oh, I must get a copy uh, of that. You have to do the next thing. And it's, it's, it's a great story. And, and obviously, you know, I, I genuinely believe everyone is in sales, right? You know, whether you're a teacher looking to sell an idea to your students, whether you're on a, a date and you're selling yourself to the, the partner opposite you. So what was the sales skills that you felt you utilized to, to be the catalyst for Bill's journey? I'm working on a TED talk, Tony, and it's mm. titled How to Get Anything You Want with a Story. Mm. I'm the author of the book Persuade with a Story. Mm. And I'm paid uh, five to $10,000 to go around the country and talk to business leaders mm. on how to use a story to persuade a prospect, to persuade a job candidate, mm. to persuade an investor. So when I went back to Bill for dinner after, oh, in that first dinner when I said, let's go to dinner, he, he wants you to know he picked up the check, the first yeah. dinner. Yeah. Uh, but I told him, I said, um, you, you don't know what your book's about. And you talk to people, but they weren't able to understand it because you yeah. need to break it down into stories. Yeah. So when you asked me that, I told you Bill's story. I, I have a quiver of stories I can tell yeah. about authors have got, who've gotten from a mess to a success. 
Yes. So it's the same thing in sales. Um, you need to be able to tell a story, a simple story with three characters, mm. um, a hero, a nemesis, and a mentor. It's mm. as easy to remember as Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and Yoda. Yeah. And here's the hardest thing for those people in sales. In the United States, um, I, I believe it's 50 million people officially make their living in sales, but I'm with you. Um, to get things that we want in life, we need to get the cooperation of others. In other words, yeah. we need to sell them on the idea. Yeah. Uh, and, and sales is not manipulation. Persuasion mm. is not manipulation. Mm. Um, it's helping people to do what's in their best interest. Yes. Um, so in, if you believe that your product or service is in their best interest, um, you mentioned my Warren Buffett book. Mm. People ask me all the time, Tony, they'll say, well, Henry, do you think I ought to do a book? Mm. And I said, well, Warren Buffett said, uh, don't ask the barber if you need a haircut. Yeah. So don't ask a book publisher if yeah. he thinks you should have a book. The answer is yes. Um, yeah. But you need to have those stories, not at the first, but at some point somebody's going to say, um, well, you know, how do you get people to do mm. that? Or how do you help people? Well, you say, may I tell you a story? Yeah. Then I'll never forget the day I met. Yes. I'll, I wish you could have been there when this happened. Yeah. So we're hardwired. There's part of our brain that facts and figures make you think it over. The part where decisions are made, the emotional mm. part, is also the part that's hardwired for stories. Mm. And a story proves that you're not a wannabe Mm. or a poser, a story proves you know how to get people from where that prospect is right now mm. to where that prospect wants to go mm. because you told them about people who you did that. Yeah, that's fantastic. That Bill Woodage story got me a second round. That Bill Woodage story got me a second round of funding, by the way, I for my company. That. I love that. <laughs> and, and why, for those of you, those of my listeners not read your book, Persuade of a Story, why is it important to have the three characters in every story. Mm, because we're hardwired for it. What's hard for most people in sales is they want to make themselves the hero mm. of the story. Mm. And they are not the hero. They're not the Luke Skywalker. Yes. The prospect who you helped is the customer who you helped. Yes. And then you want to make that customer or prospect likable in the story. Yeah. They're the victim of undeserved misfortune. Yeah. And that way, the prospect that's listening to the story will identify with the story. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm smart, tough, but fair. Oh, yeah, I was the victim of undeserved misfortune. Yes. Um, and then there's, there needs to be a problem, a nemesis. It doesn't have to be a, a villain. Yeah. It could be uh, the recession of 2008. Yes. It could be the global pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it, it could be any of these things. Oh, by the way, government regulations is always a good uh, nemesis villain yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and then the person telling the story is the mentor, is the Yoda. Right. Because they gave the, the wisdom and advice and experience to the hero. And the hero was smart enough to follow that advice and succeeded and Brilliant. went from their mess to success. Brilliant. So I teach these people to tell these stories in less than two minutes. Wow. Um, one CEO said to me, oh, you know, my company, we have 22 core values. I said, that's great. 
yeah. I said, uh, how do your comp how do your employees know the core values there? It's on a poster in the, yeah. in the conference room. I said, Oh, for the 22 core values, how many stories do you have? Mm. And he said, none. I said, that's what you need to work on yeah. because it's hard to remember 22 things on a poster. It's easy to remember stories. Yeah. Uh, after this podcast is long gone, people won't remember me, but they'll remember this Bill Woodich guy who yeah. went forward and got on TV and now is talking for $15,000. Yeah. They'll remember the story. Yeah, you're so right there. So you said that you, you obviously you travel around, you know, America teaching people how to tell a story in under two minutes. What's what's some of the best suggestions, advice you've got, Henry, that my listeners can then start working on their storytelling? Thank you, Tony. Uh, but first, I have to say, during this period, I'm not traveling anywhere, um, yeah. though I am hired uh, this week and next week. I've been hired to do this on Zoom for groups of CEOs. Yeah. Um, so the, the best advice I give them is um, you, you have to know what your core values are if yeah. it's a servant. You, you have to know if it's a product, what are the competitive advantage benefits it has? Yes. Uh, otherwise, you're just a commodity. But then you need to tell a story about that in action. Mm. And is it an overcoming, Hollywood teaches us this. Hollywood is the emotion picture capital of the world. Yeah. They know that we pay money to, to get an emotional experience. So give your prospect the emotional experience. I mean, first you ask them their goals yeah. and then you ask them what they're doing right. I'm not one of those people who goes right to pain. Yes. Uh, I give people credit for what they're doing. Yes. Um, and, then, um, and then I ask them what their roadblocks are. I used to try to be smart, Tony, and tell people what their roadblocks were. Yeah. I got a lot more successful when I got dumb. Yeah. And I said, well, what are your roadblocks? Yeah. And just shut up. And I found out that people are more intimately aware of their roadblocks than I ever will be. Yes. And when they share their roadblocks, they just gave you the roadmap yes. to help persuade them. Because you can go, oh, okay, let me go through my file of stories, where, where, where. Okay, that one is like Penny, Penny Reed from Memphis. Yeah. Um, may I tell you a story? Someone yeah. like you. Yeah. Um, the year was 2015. Penny Reed is sitting at her kitchen table. She's yeah. staring at a stack of unpaid bills. She has no idea how she's going to pay these bills. Yes. Um, the 800-square-foot apartment was a far cry from the 4,000 square foot home she used to share mm. with her ex-husband, mm. who was also her employer, who also gave her all her work. Yeah. So no home, no employer, no work. Yes. So that's the start of my Penny Reed story. And people can, oh, well, you know, they can, they feel for her because, oh, well, it wasn't her fault uh, yeah. that she got divorced, obviously. She didn't want to leave a big house and a job, but here she is. Yeah. Um, and then, so they're rooting for her. Yes. You want to make your, your main character, your hero, who is yeah. like the person you're trying to persuade. So if I wanted to convince a job candidate, a top 5% job candidate who could have their pick of where to work anywhere, mm. um, I, after, I wouldn't start, but during the in, toward the end of the interview, I'd say, well, may I tell you a story? Yeah. And they'd say, well, sure. I said, well, I'll never forget the time. And then you tell a story about an employee Yes. Who had a journey, who struggled at the company, and then you um, mentored them 
and they succeeded and now they got promoted and you really are looking for more people with that core value because that employee goes the extra mile for people. Well, the person's going like, well, I go the extra mile. Yeah. And he got, they got an emotional uh, click when you told that story. But the other people are talking about facts and figures and pensions and six weeks uh, off yeah, and absolutely. this and that. Numbers. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such gold. And you've given a really good strategy of how to put it together. So I want to ask you about your, your experience and success with Forbes. I know you write on average, I think, seven columns a month, which is incredible. What, what are some, if you could share with my listeners, Henry, some of the biggest sales lessons that you've taken and learned throughout your, your, your career of writing for Forbes. Okay. So one is, if you're after the big sale, don't go it alone. Mm. Um, going after the whale accounts, the big sales, and Tom Searcy, who uh, was my co-author on how to close a deal like Warren Buffett, he really mm. taught me this, and we've written about it, is that um, you sell as a team. Yes. There's bigger teams that they're bringing in, and you need to bring in the same level of team. Yes. And if you have to partner and joint venture to bring that many people to the table. You do it. Yeah. Um, when I ran the small uh, advertising and PR agency, when I went after big accounts, I would bring in people that I would sign an agreement. We had joint venture. We would come in as a group. So we looked bigger than yes. we were. Um, yeah. And that's important because yeah. they want to see that. So that's one lesson. Um, Another lesson, uh, of course, this, the fear lesson, that fear is your enemy. Mm. Uh, but fear is also your friend. So fear is your frenemy. Um, mm. the, the fear of um, not reaching your goals, mm. of not planting your seeds. Um, really, business development is about seed planting. I don't believe we convince anyone or, or manipulate or anything, anyone to do anything. Um, oh, well, I'll, I'll give an, uh, an exception. One of my mentors, her name was Ronnie Hicks. Mm. She ran an advertising agency. I eventually became a president of that agency. Mm. Um, but she didn't go to college. Uh, she had been a model, mm. uh, had a great personality, uh, and went into selling new homes. Mm. So when a builder would build a new home. And uh, Ronnie taught me this lesson. She said, um, we used to play a game. And the game was, I'll sell the next person who comes in. Yeah. And so someone would come in and, you know, she would do all the charm, everything. And before I knew it, these people were signing. Yeah. She said, and they canceled the next day. It was just a game we played. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to, you know, you're really looking for the person who is so happy they found you. Um, one of the columns talked about your price when you talked about your prices. Be upfront with your price. There's only going to be three reactions. Oh, you're too high. Yeah. Oh, you're too low. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that happen. Yeah. And one, oh, well, that sounds fair. Okay. You're in the ballpark. Um, I, I have to counsel people who think that they can win business by lowballing, yes. uh, by being the cheap. And they go like that. Actually, we have the research that it pushes people away. 
Um, mm. Something's wrong if you're not competitively priced. Um, Can I jump so, on that? So a lot, a lot yeah, of, please. A, a lot of salespeople say, you know, if they're if they know that they're more expensive than their competitors, that they want to be able to build value in their prospects' eyes and look at, you know, with all great ways like you've touched on storytelling, success stories. But, you know, the last thing they then share is the price or maybe the investment. But they do. But what they've done is is create this huge value in their prospects' minds. And then they'll share their price, which becomes more palatable. What's your opinion on that? Oh, uh, I'm a contrarian on that. I'm going to go the opposite direction. So when I... Um, train people in business development. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say, well, what, what's your issue? What, what do you think will be the roadblock? They go, well, we're the highest priced. Mm. I said, okay, here's how you handle that. And Tony, let's just role play a little. So yeah. um, Tony, you're the prospect. Um, Tony, I have to tell you, we're the highest priced for this service. Um, let me ask you a question. Mm. Why do you think we can, we're the highest priced and still stay in business? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I guess you offer a great service and, and, and I guess with that very high price, is there, there is value there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now, who just said we offer great service and value? Yeah. Me or you? Me. I love that. Very clever. So it's, it's about, yeah, I love that. So why do you think we can is the killer question. Why do you think we can? I also did a thing where... Um, in, in advertising, people were, you know, they'd be afraid to guarantee their work. Yes. So I went with an ironclad 100% satisfaction guarantee. Mm. And I'd always ask the prospect, I say, you know, um, unlike our competition, we offer a 100% uh, ironclad satisfaction guarantee. Why do you think we're able to do that? Yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then they would, uh, they go, well, I don't know. I said, well, you know, go ahead, take a guess. Yeah. And whatever they said, by the way, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I'm like the schoolmaster putting the student, the pupil uh, on the spot when you ask a prospect a question. Yeah. They're afraid. They're like back in school that they're going to get it wrong. Yeah. So when you tell them, you're absolutely right. Now, some will um, want to, uh, I don't know what the English expression is. We say pull your leg um, yeah. or, or yeah, bust your right. <laughs> Yeah. So they'll say, uh you know, well, I guess everybody's stupid. And I'll go, yeah. oh, that's yeah. funny. Really? But really, seriously, what do you think? Yeah. And I'll come back at them. And they'll go, well, obviously, you must be very good. Otherwise, you couldn't stay in business. No, I love Absolutely that. Right. That's so clever. Yeah, there is nothing right. more persuasive if the prospect is selling you back, you know, to themselves, right? Yeah. Oh, here's a story about Jeremy. Jeremy was a brilliant a technology person and, mm -hmm. and um, he had been hired by Steven Spielberg to come to Hollywood and then after he worked with Spielberg he wanted to do his own business in San Diego and mm -hmm. um, he was struggling so he came to me and I said okay well let's just role play I'm the prospect uh, uh, Jeremy what do you offer in mm -hmm. 20 minutes he talked for 20 minutes and I had no idea what he offered I said okay <laughs> I'm gonna stop you here Jeremy yeah. um, now, I'll, I'll do this again. Um, let me ask you a question. Who's your biggest client? Oh, well, XYZ Pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. How much did they pay you this year? $12,000. What did they get for $12,000? Mm -hmm. Give me a list. Well, they got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and J. Okay. I said, but most people, most people pay you how much? 5000 
what's the list? Well, A, B, C, D, and E. Mm. And uh, do you have competitors who lowball you under price? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. So now when somebody asks you what you do, you say, well, we have three offerings, platinum, gold, and silver. Yeah. Platinum is $12,000. I say, say the price up front. Yeah. And then it get, you get A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, H, I, J, K. And 100% satisfaction guarantee. Now, when you say the price first, the brain says, what do I get for 12000 If you say, let me tell you everything you get, the brain keeps saying, but how much? But how much? Yeah. But how much? What's yeah. it going to be? That's very true. And then the next thing, I said, now, now the thing we usually say five, say gold is 6000 I said, Jeremy, you don't, have to, you don't have to pay me any money. I'm going to make 20% more for you next year if you just follow this script. Yeah. I said, 6000 gold, this is our most popular plan, uh, A, B, C, D, and F, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Oh, we also offer silver. It's $39.95. It's A and B. No yeah. guarantee. Yeah. So... 95% of the people chose gold yeah. in that coming year. So yeah. right there, he increased revenues by 20%. But here is the other thing. 5% chose platinum. Mm. They saw themselves as platinum. He was thinking, oh, well, they wouldn't want to buy that. Yes. Um, so, he got, so he got more than 20%. And I, then I he also it. prevented scope creep. Because some people would say, oh, you know, when you're here, could you throw this in? And I taught him to say, oh, you want to upgrade from gold to platinum. Yeah, very good. Very <laughs> good. And, and what's your reasoning from starting from platinum down? So most expensive first. Gary, and, and Tony, I, I was with the University of California, San Diego. I was on the faculty and mm. um, I did a 10-year $3 million research study on all this. So when all the research shows, you start from highest to lowest. Jeremy made the mistake the first time he went out. Mm. And he said, oh, your, your script doesn't work. I said, tell me what happened. He said, well, I said, well, we have silver. It's $39.95. And then there's gold. And that's $6,000. And then there's plat. I, I said, oh, no, wrong direction. Yeah. Um, whatever number you say first, give the high number because there'll be sticker shock. Like when you see a car, yeah. you go, oh, I didn't know. It costs that much. And then the next price you give is going to sound a lot better. Yes. Yeah, that's very, and then there's, very true. And then you throw in, we also call it Goldilocks pricing. Uh, this, this, uh, this porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. This porridge is just right. Yeah. This bed's too hard. This bed's too soft. This bed's just right. This price is too high. This price is too yeah. low. This price is just right. And people, you're right, people do tend to gravitate towards the, 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 the middle option, right? They don't want to be seen as the cheapest. They don't want to sometimes go for the most expensive. So they sit right in that middle section. And then when they wanted more services and Jeremy said, oh, you want to upgrade? They would say, no, I don't want to go up to 12. He goes, oh, well, what services do you want to add? There's a cost associated with that. and We could yeah. just add it. So his 6,000 jobs were turning into 8,000 jobs. And, Amazing. And pretty soon everyone was choosing platinum. And I said, yeah. do you know what this means, Jeremy? He goes, platinum is now gold. I said, right. And now you need yeah. to have a, a platinum. But you have to have something that you actually sold. People, Tony, have a BS meter. Yeah. And if you say, oh, your, plat your platinum package is this and you've never sold it, um, we have built-in lie detectors and we can go, yeah. oh, he's lying. Yeah. So it has to be something you've actually done. 
Yes. Otherwise, people will see through you. Yes, a hundred percent. I must finish on this, Henry, because I know you're you're clearly very well read as a CEO of a publishing company. What are your in terms of sales? What would you see your your top three books that have helped serve you the best? Um. Do you mean that I've published for people, Tony? Um, I have 12 books for myself, but uh, I'll exclude those. Um, the New Comedy Bible by Judy Carter. Uh, the first, her first book 20 years ago, The Comedy Bible, sold tw a million copies, and now we are yeah. publishing her follow-up brand-new material. Wow. She's just amazing. Yeah. And um, I, I had used her first book um, to be a better speaker. And yes. you do it by having to do stand-up comedy. You have to make drunks laugh in the dark. Yeah. And once you do that, then the sales convention you speak at is no problem. Yes. Um, the, the next one is Storytelling Made Easy by Michael Haig. Michael is a Hollywood script coach. He works for people like Will Smith, oh, wow. advising him on his movies. So he wrote a book uh, on storytelling. It's, it's a different uh, take on storytelling. Yeah. Uh, than I teach. Sometimes we teach together because we teach yeah. different things about storytelling. But uh, and I stole his line at Hollywood is the emotion picture yeah. capital of the That's world. A great He's line. a good friend. Yeah. And um, you know, a uh, uh, third book that has uh, done very well, of course, is Always Forward, the Bill Woodich book. And I can't um, wait to get it. That was a bestseller that. and. Uh, uh, it's helped a lot of people. It's very readable. A lot of good stories. Yeah, I can't wait to get a copy. So, Henry, where can my listeners reach out and, and read your columns in Forbes? Obviously, the books that you've written. Where's the best place for them to go? Uh, thank you for asking. So, you can go to uh, and just Google Henry DeVries and Forbes, and my columns will come up. Yeah. Um, my, my website, I have two... Uh, persuadewithastory.com that has a lot of videos free videos and advice and articles on how to persuade with a story um, so there's free information there Brilliant. and then my website for my publishing uh, indie i-n-d-i-e books mm. plural intl.com indiebooksinternational.com has a learning center and I have all sorts of articles on uh, using books and speaking and business development and marketing to help independent consultants, small business leaders attract high paying clients. And that's Amazing. a lot of free information there. Amazing. Well, Henry, thank you so much for giving up your valuable time and, and sharing some absolute brilliant stories with, with me and my listeners. I, I really appreciate it. And, and please stay safe out there now. Tony, in honor of you, I had beans with breakfast today. Just so I I love that. Bangers, bangers and beans and eggs just to be in the uh, UK mood. <laughs> I Thanks, love Tony. that. I love that. Brilliant. Thank you, Harry. Thank you once again for coming on. Really appreciate it. My pleasure.